there's something about trades that Arcanine is about trades, isn't it? Doesn't Meowth only evolve when traded? No. What? What? Get out of here! What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Casual <laughs> bullshit. When traded. Fucking Growlithe evolves into Arcanine. Meowth. Meowth evolves into Persian. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you watch the anime in that episode where fucking Meowth has to fight the Persian to prove that he's like still got it? I was watching the Digimon anime. Yeah, they don't have a fucking episode where the talking Pokemon has to be like, no, I can. St- I'm still a Pokemon. I'm still legit. I can fight. And then he has to fight Persian, and then he wins somehow. And they have like a dramatic samurai showdown with like the silhouettes, and they cut each other, and then. <sighs> God damn it! Welcome to episode forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sil- silence on the set. Silence. Can we please have silence on the set? My name's Andre, and I'm here to say welcome to episode 45 of Gaming Fix on this Saturday, November 17th. I'm joined today by the wholesome Alex. Hey, I will also be skipping E3 for the first time in the show's 24-year history. Wow. First time. Wow. Exclusive how news. You, how can you say something so controversial and yet so brave? Well, Lucy. Uh, also joining us, the pure Allison. Uh, now coming in two versions. Let's go Allison and let's go Saigon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the very British Sam. Yeah, I'm here this week. Because uh, <laughs> I Andre, you lied. It's Sunday for you. Fix it has not gone through yet. Uh, they have extended their deadline to 2020. And uh, best boy, Pat. Uh, I was going to come up with some kind of pithy uh, hitman pun, but Allison's is so good that I can't really follow that one up. So you- I forgot that there was a time change in the United States of America since I've last been on one of these podcasts that we do every week. You, you could have made a joke about being trash like Fallout 76. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no I, I'm not, I'm not like boy, not trash boy. Yeah, I know. That's me. I guess, you know what? I, I kind of, I was going to avoid talking about Fallout 76 this week because I don't really have it in me. It's a ringing endorsement. Uh, I'm really enjoying that game, but I also am kind of like, you know what, if people, if people need this, if they need this thing to hate, then just whatever. It's fine. I think people are, the crew two, two. What? Is this the crew two, two? No, <laughs> this game is much better than the crew two. Um, the crew squared. No, no. I it's think- a game that if you saw it at E3 and said, I don't think I want to play this, then you don't want to play it and you can very kindly fuck off. Or if it's a game that you saw at E3 and said, this looks like something I want to play. It is absolutely the game that they showed at E3. So I really don't understand why people are have such hot takes on it because it's think- like... I think exactly people, what they showed. I think people are just really looking for an excuse to shit on Bethesda. I agree with you. <laughs> and that's and why. And, and to be fair, like, I feel like Bethesda has been up to a lot of their, oh, Bethesda bullshit, where like I, there's so many headlines where I just go, oh, Bethesda, like this giant glitch happens here or there. But 
But I think that's hardly news. Yeah. And I guess I think it's interesting because it's like a week where there's plenty of, oh, so-and-so game company. There's been like, oh, oh, Square Enix, oh, Nintendo, oh, EA, oh, Ubisoft stuff going left and right. But it's like all of those companies, we're at the point in the cycle right now where everyone needs to shit on Bethesda specifically. So like those companies are getting their passes. (laughs) I don't know. I just think it's that everyone wants to shit on Bethesda and they put out this bad game. Well, I think it's because Bethesda actually has a game out where all the other companies, it's just like... You're right, they're just firing people and, and canceling yeah. games rather than actually putting yeah. games out that plenty of people yeah. are currently enjoying. Just not the core <laughs> r slash gaming brain trust that yeah. is cool, that wants to execute a Bethesda employee every hour until New Vegas 2 comes out. <laughs> well, New Vegas 2 brought to you by Microsoft. Yeah. Mm. That's pretty cool, though. Are we just going to dive into stuff that's not what are you playing? Because Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft buying Microsoft buying Obsidian is super cool. Yeah, that's, they also that's picked neat. up. They also picked up who in exile or something. Yeah, I don't know what that. Uh, that's what in exile, yeah, I think it's a great um, it's a great signal too that right after that announcement, Sunset Overdrive came out and hit like Steam and stuff because mm-hmm. it shows that just because they're buying these studios doesn't necessarily mean that they're trying to lock them behind some huge paywall of like buying an Xbox. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, they've been pretty good about that, even up to now, yeah, like with totally. all their exclusive stuff coming to PC. Uh, so I, uh, as long as it, it came to Steam too, I, I'm surprised by it that. Did. That's good. Yeah, um, I was surprised too. I wonder if perhaps you won't really see any interruption in the way that In Exile and Obsidian release games if you're not already a, you know, like I'm sure that'll be on the Microsoft Store. I would expect that stuff to be mm-hmm. in Game Pass, but mm-hmm. I wonder if you'll just be able to hop on Steam and buy it if you really hate interactive yeah. Microsoft yeah. ecosystem. That'd be cool. Yeah, because people yeah. have very strong feelings about that Windows Store. And for the most I mean, part, it hasn't been too bad for me, but I did have to re-download Forza Horizon yeah. 4 like two days after it came out for some reason. I would say if you take the 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 launchers that I use currently are Steam, um, the GOG launcher occasionally, Uplay, uh, um, Origin, Origin, currently the Bethesda launcher, and uh, the Microsoft Unreal? Store. Do you, do you use the Unreal? I do sometimes because I occasionally play Fortnite. Epic. So of all of those, I would say that uh, usability standpoint, the Microsoft Store is the worst. Um, oh, yeah. The absolutely. Bethesda launcher is technically the worst because it deleted that Fallout beta and it won't let you uninstall Fallout 76. So <laughs> Unless you own the... Oh, Bethesda. <laughs> In terms of design, though, in terms of design, though, the Microsoft Store is the worst. Yeah, yeah. Like, to your live like the library stuff is all real bad. Uh, so it's cool to see uh, Phil Spencer out there saying, "Hey, it's one of my priorities personally to get that to work, like to be better." Yeah, uh, at that Xbox event, there's like seven. And it's different not prohibitively ways. bad. Yeah, there's like seven different ways to see Forza Horizon Four. Yeah, like, and like they all. And like some of them don't have a launcher, some of them do. Some of them are just weird. Like, uh, like I've got the Forza Horizon, whatever, like Gold or whatever edition I got. Like that's like its own thing. But then to play the game, I have to just click on Forza Horizon Four. Well, yep. and it's kind of an extension of the Xbox One. Xbox One's interface sucks too. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it it I would say it's worse than the PlayStation interface. It's very slow, and getting to things can be very clunky. Um, it's not like the end of the world or anything. I like my Xbox more than my PlayStation for other reasons, but 
um, when it comes to, uh, to to the store, I can see. I wish they hadn't really taken that. Uh, the, the, they fucked up the PlayStation Store a while, like, well, a while ago uh, when they changed the input, like the like text oh, input, yep, yep. to just the fucking line. Who, who thought that was a good idea? I actually like that. Oh, no, it's terrible. Like, once <laughs> you've gotten, like, five letters in, it's like, oh, we know what you're trying to spell. Here are the letters you need. Like, yeah, but when you're like, okay, I want, like, fucking Y. You have to scroll all the way down to the bottom. Just give me a fucking regular keyboard. You have it in the interface. Like, the first time I saw it was on, like, the Xbox and Netflix app, like, years ago. And I was like, well, this is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. Who would use this? Thank God Sony just uses a regular fucking keyboard. And then, lo and behold, PSN store years later has that same bullshit ass keyboard. And then, and then it evolves into Arcanine. Yes, and then it's good finally. Only when traded. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> is that what happens with Arcanine? I don't think it is. Is that how you get Volt? No, it's a Firestone, isn't? It? No, that's Volpix to Nine Tails. I don't know. Stop sidetracking us, Sam. God. <laughs> You're not going to get a better deal for Fix It. It's called Brexit. <laughs> Sam's exit from the podcast. Damn. No, no, just no free, free travel for non no free movement of people. Yeah, no I vote against that from this podcast. Uh, and speaking of voting against things, Alex, what did you bring to play with us today or to talk about today? <laughs> Voting against things. I, I don't know. I don't know what you brought. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's totally fair if you were just going by ambiguity. Um, I've been playing a video game that Erica talked about last week. So uh, I think a grand total of one of you was here last week. That was Andre. I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so it is an audio visual experience made by the master or well, currently only on the PlayStation. And that is Tetris Effect. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Wait, did Erica actually talk about that? Yeah, I, I brought up the demo. I didn't. I couldn't remember if she actually. Yeah, she talked about it a little bit. Okay, okay. But um, I went into that game extremely skeptical, being like, "This is uh, in Canada. It's like forty dollars. I don't know. In the states, it's thirty. In the, it's forty in the states. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty expensive. And I was like, "It's just friggin' Tetris." And it's PlayStation VR. I don't have a PlayStation VR. Whatever. So, um, but I heard uh, a friend of mine say it was kind of like a meditative game. And then I actually heard the same comment on the Bombcast earlier this week. And I was like, I could really use a meditative game right now. And I love Tetris. So YOLO and hit the buy button. And I actually have zero regrets. That game is actually really amazing. (laughs) Like, um, it's quote-unquote story mode is just ridiculous like it's it's something to behold and i think it's actually something completely worth experiencing uh it gets pretty hard even on normal uh Mm -hmm. i started on hard and (laughs) realized that was a mistake uh and dialed it back to normal and it still gets pretty difficult on normal um basically what changes is how fast it will start you know getting really quick so uh uh, have you you have all played Tetris, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And you've played recent iterations of Tetris where you have like a speed, your speed level or whatever, so it'll start at one and then gradually increase as you get more lines. Is there Actually, I have a version of Tetris that doesn't have that. Uh, but the more, more recent ones have like 
called it out directly with a number that you can see on screen. And you can like start at a certain level and stuff. Yeah. The only Tetris that I have put any significant amount of time into is Tetris on the Game Boy. So oh, the wow. OG. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, so um what the difficulty does is it seems to just scale how quickly those start moving through. And you start hitting eights and nines and tens pretty quick, even in normal. Mm-hmm. So it gets real tough real fast. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a barrier to entry if you're not great at Tetris or you just kind of want to relax, maybe set it to easy. All right here. And then isn't the goal like 36 clear 36 lines per stage and yes. then you're on to the next one? Correct. Uh, yeah, that's basically the only metric, but even 36 gets real tough if it's going at 10 speed and then yeah, you're, right. you're suddenly gunking up your board real bad. Yeah, which I absolutely encountered. <laughs> um, but yo, the the story mode in that game is extremely creative, and uh, the audio implementation of everything. Like, I'm an audio person. If in case anyone listening to this podcast did not know that, but what? What? Really? Yeah, no. I, <laughs> it's actually this. There is no person. It's just a series of sound waves. Yep. I am just a bunch of sine waves stacked on top of each other. Additive synthesis, y'all. But um, we can talk about synthesis if you want. I'm fine with it. But uh, it is really fascinating just how well they do everything. And like the music choices are really fantastic. I, um, I recently went through a series of levels, which was very, very electronic. Uh, like everything up to this point has been pretty natural. Like, you know, going through deserts or mountains or mm-hmm. uh, windmills and mm-hmm. ocean. I think like the first one is underwater. At least in the demo, it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It is, uh, but you start getting into like the electronic one where it's like it's kind of like it's in a computer, and mm-hmm. the music. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but it straight up sounded like BT, and I was like, I wonder if BT did some custom music for this because it's very, very, very BT, and it's like good BT. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of I want to recommend that game to people because. It's extremely good, but it is also very expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's. I I can't I can't I, I'm the I can't believe that I'm saying this because I am normally the person who's like, whatever. It doesn't matter that it's twenty dollars and the game's only two hours long if it's a really good two hours. Um, but I can't bring myself to spend forty dollars on a Tetris. I have to sit in a chair and play. Yeah. Like. It's tough. If it was on Switch, I think it would be a lot easier sell for me. Yeah, um, I can see that. I Yeah, I, I think that I, I've only played the demo so far, and I haven't decided when I'm going to buy it. I'm pretty sure I will. But I do think that the PSVR integration is really nice. It's mm-hmm. definitely not necessary at all. But to that regard, it might be one of my favorite PSVR experiences I've had so far, mostly just because it makes it feel so more kind of meditative and immersive that I I know that with the difficulty scaling, when I was playing the demo, I got to the point where I realized it had gotten so fast that it was like almost instantaneous without me really even thinking about it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, how did I get to this point? (laughs) If they can somehow come up with a way, and I don't know how the business deals work behind this game. There's any way they can bring this game to PC with VR support. That would be a very easy sell for me because I do have a vibe that I would play it on, but I'm never going to buy a PSVR for one game. It doesn't matter Honestly, how good it is. And as some people, PSVR, I don't necessarily re- necessarily recommend. Yeah, sounds like that Astrobot game is very good. I yeah. played that and it was pretty fun, and I, I might have to get it. But 
I'm not going to buy a PSVR for two games either. <laughs> yeah. Or three or four. <laughs> the thing that, like, I, I can see, totally see where we're coming. The thing that surprises me is that you say you haven't played, like, really dove into a Tetris game since the Game Boy one, where I. I pretty regularly play a Tetris here and there. Like, you know, either if it's just so online I, or like a phone game or like I have Poyo Poyo for like the Switch. So yeah, that I, is where it becomes. Did I spend $60 on Poyo Poyo? I imported so, Poyo Poyo. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't do that. I bought it when it came out on the Switch. And so like, you know, theoretically a $40 Tetris game shouldn't be that bad, but then there's no multiplayer. So I'm like, yeah. So right. let me clarify. I have played Tetris relatively to relatively recently. It was just the Game Boy version. Okay. I usually just bust out an emulator and play the Game Boy version. Okay. Play Tetris because uh, I just like that version the okay. most. So that wasn't the most recent iteration you've played. It's just the most recent. No, it is. I've never played another Tetris game because I've never needed another Tetris game. Huh. Interesting. Every time I go, huh, I want to play some Tetris, I just play that. I have an emulator on my phone. I have it on my computer. Like it's easy to play it anywhere. What if I told you there's a Game Boy like version of Tetris in Tetris Effect, like with the music? And the, the like aesthetic. Yeah, I just like it. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, Tetris is really really good. So. It is. Uh, there is how many versions of Tetris do I need to own? All of, all of really them. asking myself. Uh, well, this is what I'm saying is that I've only ever really needed yeah. to have access to the Game Boy One because I love yeah. it. There's <laughs> Tetris DS, which is really good. There's the one that came out for PS3 and 360 that EA did. That one was really good. Puyo Puyo is really good. But um, yeah, you're right though. This is pardon. Don't forget Wetris. Oh God, do I? Do Alyssa I wanted me to it? say that Tetris Attacks is really good too. Tetris Attacks is good. Yeah, but um, there is no multiplayer, but there is kind of an asynchronous multiplayer to this game, mm-hmm. where um, there's like a challenge area where it's oh, like yeah. the community challenge, where mm-hmm. basically uh, every week they're trying to hit a certain amount of points. And mm-hmm. you're doing it via challenges, like challenges, like mm-hmm. uh, you have a three minute timer. What's the highest combo you can get? And then if you get mm-hmm. rated a points, you get a hundred points for the community challenge, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing, which is really cool. Yeah. And it also has some like, um, some like pre-crafted kind of puzzles. If you want to think of it mm-hmm. that way, like uh, it'll be a challenge mode where you're trying to clear the board completely and it gives you three pieces. So mm-hmm. if it's, three straight pieces and you go one down here, one down there, one down there. That's easy. But it's when they start combining them where it's like you have a L piece and a straight piece and a square piece and a T piece. And you have Mm. to figure out like, okay, which order do I do these in to clear everything? Mm. And you're under a time limit. So like that stuff is actually really fun. Uh, It's a good way to just kind of kill 20 minutes. And you're also contributing to a community challenge, which is pretty satisfying. Mm -hmm. So that's neat. Yeah. Like I think stuff like that is really good. I think the game is really, really well designed just for everything. <laughs> I mm-hmm. want to talk about some of my favorite stages, but I think I'm going to save that for a later discussion when more people have played it rather than just mm-hmm. wax rhapsodic about how cool the native American stage was, but no one else has the context. I think it's going to be really interesting to see the discussions about this game as the year draws to a close. Like this is kind of meta, but like the ways that people will, argue for it and kind of year end rewards will awards will be very interesting to me because I think that there should be room for games like this to be recognized. But I also think it's very hard to put a game 
again, without, it sounds bad because I'm not trying to take anything away from the people who made Tetris Effect. It sounds like they made an incredible game, but it's kind of hard for me to like compare a $40 Tetris game that's very beautiful audio visually and a game. I don't even know if Red Dead is the right example because I don't know if Red Dead really is deserving of some of the praise that it got, but a game like God of War, maybe like it's hard for me to like parse in my brain. I'm not saying that I think that they shouldn't be compared or that Tetris effect necessarily loses out in that discussion, but I don't even know what the math is there. Like if they're just so it's almost like comparing uh, like a, a rush album to God of war or something like, it's almost like <laughs> trying to compare like something that's not even a game to, I mean, that's just game of the year in general though. Like that's the whole, yeah. right. Cause you're, you're trying to rank well, uh, a AAA game and Do- Doki Doki literature club. Yeah. But, but, but there just aren't really AAA triple games like this. Don't come out that often. Like puzzle games, like, sure. like very, very like there was the, the, the time when like, like this is like, and Tetris Effect may be worlds better, but like we don't usually think about like Picross in December, or or like Pushmo <laughs> some, or something. Some people do. Some yeah. people do, but by and large, that's yeah, not. Really the way that... Have words with you. Yeah, yeah uh, but what? Where was Picross in conversation for Game of the Year? I don't even remember. I remember it came up in passing, but yeah. this game seems like one that people are going to push hard for i don't even necessarily mean in our yeah, context yeah. but just more generally uh, sure i think i that's, mean oh sorry please. part of it is you know, i'm just gonna say part of it is tetris is real fucking good like right. it's it's just it's basically perfect yep. and then so from there you're either like you're either making it worse or you're making it better and it seems like they made it better yeah, yeah, yeah. and i don't know if i can really overstate how good at least from the demo the audio visual design really was. And I think that, I mean, even though it's, it's totally different apples and oranges to compare that to like, to Spider-Man or God of War, it's still, I, I would say it's at least for me, a serious contender for music. Yeah. I mean, sure. And that stuff I see, but mm-hmm. like, I'm, I think, sorry, please go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say when playing this game, like, I if I'm playing a game, especially on my own, I'm usually pretty quiet. Like I don't really say anything because like, it's just me and my cat for right now <laughs> and he doesn't care about my commentary. Uh, but there were times when I was playing uh, Tetris effects just completely on my own and said, Holy shit. <laughs> Cause like some of the stuff it's doing audio and visually is just so impressive and so creative. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff was like, yeah. that's what made it more interesting than just the newest Tetris for me. But I also totally see where you're coming from because like uh, one of the games I've played most of this year was Wordscapes and there's no way that's on our top 10, but I've put right, totally. more, more hours into that with dailies and stuff like that. Than and I have played a shitload of that game too. So, yeah. but like, <laughs> so, so it's like, it's really weird to say because then you're quantifying, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and again, I'm not even making value judgments. I, I'm not, I mean, Tetris could end up being our game of the year and if it does then, and it deserves it, then great. But it's just an interesting conundrum when it comes to the way it, I almost, I guess it's a thing I've been thinking about in terms of awards in general. Like we saw the game awards nominees come out this week Mm -hmm. and I thought that the list was pretty bad, frankly, for a lot of categories, um, like, like aggressively bad. (laughs) And if they want to position that as like the Academy awards of video gaming, I just think like they're doing it wrong. Um, and I don't know that there is a way to, to do a definitive, 
these are the 10 best games of the year thing anymore. Like it, games are so getting so diverse that I don't know that an ordered list of the 10 best games of the year is going to keep cutting it. You know, it's, it's hard, well, especially, especially with the comparison to the Academy Awards. Like if you say game of the year versus best picture, the like really the, the stuff that's winning best picture is never going to, is never the most like avant-garde movie of the year. It, yeah. It, yeah. Comfortable. Like it's. I mean, you might have like a wide variety of movies that come out that year, but there's still metrics that you can kind of clearly the acting, the direction, the writing. Like it's. it's there are very clear metrics. Whereas I don't know if those same metrics. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying. You're trying to put very objective terms on a very subjective experience. And to clarify, the reason I compare it to the Academy Awards, and I don't remember the exact quote, but I seem to recall Jeff Keighley suggesting at some point in the last few years that that was what he was trying to turn the game awards into again i don't remember where that quote comes from so i could be misquoting him but i remember that coming up like the the idea that it's like the oscars of video games but um last year i don't know if you missed it um said fuck the oscars (laughs) no yeah and i kind of in some ways well i agree specifically for the reasons that he was saying fuck the oscars and i for some very specific reasons would say fuck the Oscars, but I don't know that I think I don't have a problem with the idea of awards. I mean, I'm excited for ours. I just don't know if any more a, that, you know, top 10 games of the year thing really works. Like I think people need to start. It's a little late this year to get into like, how are we going to reformat this stuff? But I wonder how much that might need to change in the future. Cause I think there's been several games this year that sort of show that it's hard to just like, are we just going to say, Rockstar gets game of the year every time a game comes out because they put the most time and money into their game. Absolutely not. No, no, yeah, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not truly suggesting we should do that, but like more the press at large. Like it seems like from what I've played of Red Dead and from what you've talked about of Red Dead, and I'm excited to play the rest of it, and I'm sure it will end up on my top ten because I have enjoyed what I've played. But it sounds like that game is not really deserving of the tens across the board it got from everywhere absolutely is not deserving of the scores it got which we can get into a little bit later in this yeah right for sure i don't i don't know how anyone could give that that game like a perfect score right and i I honestly inconceivable as someone who adored uh i don't know maybe adored no i would say adored god of war i would honestly say the same thing about god of war i don't really understand why how it got tens everywhere like it's a very good game but for me that's way easier to see uh maybe that's because i played it when it was in like kind of the hype and everyone was like talking it up sure you, you like got it, i got can, it in the zeitgeist yeah but I, mm-hmm. I can totally see that being worth the scores it got way more than i can see red dead being worth the scores it got yeah and i'm not really trying to take away from yeah. out of war it's yeah. currently very high on my list but it, I, there's other games that have come out that are, I think better than it. And um, maybe Red Dead isn't one of them, but uh, I don't know. It's just the way we evaluate games critically going forward. There's a lot of, I've been thinking a lot about how frustrated game criticism is right now in general, mm-hmm. because there's like a weird shift to people wanting to move the medium forward, but they're not really learning how to be critical from a literary perspective, which is kind of where criticism goes back to. Um, 
And I don't know. I think it's interesting. It's maybe too big of a topic to cover in a Tetris effect discussion, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Right. And I think that there's also like a level of how much is the games does the games industry want for the discourse to move forward? Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like, I, I mean, if, if I was the, if, if I was somebody who's marketing games, of course I'd want my, um, like my games to be 10 out of 10, 10 out of yeah. 10. And if I, if, a, if an outlet was like, hmm, you know, it was good, but it was a six out of 10, like, I don't know, like they wouldn't be pleased with that outlet. And it's like, it sucks, but that's kind of where we're at right now. But, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting for the end of the year, just to the wide variety of games, just to get back to that, just because I was thinking about like with your uh, wordscapes mentioned, I have played an upsetting amount of hold down. <laughs> this year and uh like upsetting amount like probably more than any other game i because i just sit on this one of my go-to bus games or if i'm just kind of sitting around and you know does how much does that count that you know this is my standard i'm bored i'm on my phone game it's it's it's, it's interesting it is yeah i also don't think it's a new thing though I mean, no, you hear, you hear people going back and talking about, well, I was Majora's mask and a 10 out of 10, like, mm-hmm. and like, I do think, sorry, well, cause it, it's a, it's the best Zelda game, but <laughs> I'm yeah, not, I'm know, not touching, not the second best Zelda game touching, still not at, touching that at the time, at the time, you, you know, my feelings on Zelda, but, um, <laughs> um, I think like the there's also, <laughs> when it comes to to criticism and uh reviews and stuff a lot of out, or a lot of developers rather still care about like metacritic ratings for bonuses for their employees mm-hmm. right so, like the it does still have merit especially for the the developers themselves but yeah i do agree that it needs to change somehow yeah i mean hopefully reviewers aren't giving like review scores because of metacritic after like you know like oh i want to make sure these developers get their bonus like mm. that's a horrible position to be in because you're failing to do your job on all fronts if that's the case i think that the um the the big thing for like uh review scores and stuff is that a lot of people have to like marathon these games mm-hmm. uh, and i think that that's where the tens have come from with red dead is because the these people the people playing them either haven't finished the game, which like Giant Bomb, they put out their video review thing and Alex was like, I haven't finished it. I'm close to the end, but I haven't finished it. And I think it's very good, blah blah blah. Like if you look at I think a lot of the the reviews are now influenced by the environment in which games are reviewed, which is under super high pressure with the ability to do nothing but play that game in, I don't know, 70% of the cases. Mm-hmm. And on that, on that note, how many games these days, like Sam, some of your favorite games are like active community games that are evolving week to week, month to month. Like how, how yeah. does an initial review of a game like that matter? Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, can you put out a day one review of call of, call of duty black ops four when there's no other people playing it in the public and you haven't stress test those servers or destiny yeah. before any of yeah. the, any of the content has happened. And then does it matter if the servers don't work at launch because they're going to work eventually because it's just, they're never going to have as many people as they do at launch. Yeah. And so is that information actually useful? And yeah, there's a million things that have to go into those reviews. But yeah. Like you but, should totally, well, you, you should totally pick up Tetris Effect if it goes on sale. <laughs> I'm already excited for it. I love Luminese. 
Yeah. Louise. Yeah. I think I've got a $15 coupon coming this week, I hope, from Sony. I didn't actually pre-order the games on that sale, but I bought the games. I don't know if you actually had to pre-order. It just says buy games on the sale. Yeah, I don't know. So I think I'll get a $15 coupon, and then I'll pick it up if I do. Yeah. I, think I don't know if you guys talked about this. I like, I, I've, I've been tangentially aware of this. But a new Witcher game came out. Yep. Uh, it's, a Gwent, it's a Gwent game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a Gwent campaign. Yeah, it looks more involved than just that, though. Uh, yeah, apparently it hasn't been performing very well. Really? It's got yeah. amazing reviews. Yep. I, I saw CD Projekt Red say, like, yeah, we're disappointed in the sales. Yeah, definitely put effort into it. But I literally, I've only heard of it because I follow CD Projekt Red on Twitter. I wonder if there's any, I mean, it seems wild that this would be that affecting. Um, but I wonder because the like hardcore, certainly the hardcore Gwent community cannot be large. I wonder if like the fact that CD project and Gog just continually shit the bed over and over and over again on social media and through every channel they possibly could, if that's having some kind of effect, if that's why people were like, cause like I love the Witcher, but like, I don't fucking, ha- I'm not in any rush to give them money. I will probably play Thronebreaker at some point, but I'm definitely not like going to buy a day one to support the sales. Does, <laughs> yeah, like, does, um, does, does artifact affected at all? You think it's not out yet? Is it? No, it's not out for a few more days. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, I think Thronebreaker is a different thing. Like, yes, it is Gwent at its core, but if you look at the, I've watched a lot of the, watch like the it's a story it thing. It's it's almost more like Pokemon. Like you're you're like walking it? around an environment oh. or clicking around an environment. At least I, I don't mm-hmm. know that it's quite as open world as Pokemon, but you're clicking around an environment. You're having dialogue trees. Maybe Pyre is a better comparison. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, there's like a lot of dialogue, a lot of choice making your decks are being built. You're recruiting characters and then they're going to beat their go in your deck. It is not like, it's not matches of Gwent in a row. Okay. There's like, there's like a lot of RPG in there too. That's pretty neat uh, actually. <laughs> yeah. It seems cool. cool. Like I'm interested in playing it at some point when it I, goes on sale in three months, I'll probably pick it up. But I mean, I really liked Gwent in the Witcher three, but like, I don't know if I need a whole RPG based on it. <laughs> Yeah, I like Gwent in Gwent. I played a fair bit of competitive Gwent, and it was, it's fun. It's a good, well-designed, different game, but mm-hmm. I don't need it competitively. I would enjoy playing a single-player kind of campaign with it, though, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. they. Um, so, yeah, like, sorry to interrupt the conversation. We're no, talking about this. Please go for it. But, um, no, yeah. the, I think the reason why it hasn't sold is because it's like it's not been advertised anywhere. Like that could be too. Big Gwent fan. I'm a big Witcher fan, and the only place I've seen this is first on Open Critic when the reviews were posted, and secondly on CG Products Twitter. I've literally only seen it on the account that I follow CG Projects on, and I barely look at Twitter and uh, the thing. And I've clicked. I've clicked on the website. I've looked for more information. I haven't been remarketed on it. Like. <laughs> I've not seen anything on Facebook. I've not seen anything like on Google. Have you checked uh, Kotaku in action? Oh, God. Not yet. Um, I think, also, yeah, it just seems like they're not putting any money into selling it. They're like, we're the Witcher people. This is new Witcher. To, to kind of add to how disconnected from standard Gwent it is, I don't know what it looks like in GOG when you launch it, but like Gwent is not on Steam. You have to play Gwent through, the, through mm-hmm. GOG, but um, Thronebreaker is on Steam. 
so it's not even like a DLC for Gwent. It's yeah, actually yeah. like a whole standalone single player thing. Yeah, they made a big deal. Like, no, this isn't just part of Gwent. This is like its own game. Yeah, yeah. Which it's not maybe like the, maybe the big market for Thronebreaker. They're just playing Gwent. Maybe they're just like, no, we're just gonna, we just we just want to play the fucking card game. You don't have to give us a, maybe I don't know. Gwent um, in three is so much better than Gwent. But speaking of RPGs that are like Pokemon, uh, <laughs> let's go, Allison. Hey, what are you going to share with us? A funny story. I've been playing uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Uh, oh, that's whoa, the version I got. What? <laughs> and I got uh, so I've played about four hours ish of it. Um, I've I'm two. I've beaten two gym battles, so that's about where I'm at. Not yet. <laughs> Do you have? No, not yet. No, I need to. Um, Do you have? So any? yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, so I, I'm sure a lot of people are aware of it, but it's basically um, a remake of Pokemon Yellow, but with a lot of uh, changes. Specifically, the biggest one is that instead of battling Pokemon to catch them, it's Pokemon Go mechanics. Um, so you do the, you just kind of, if either if you're, um, if it's docked and you're, you either have the one Joy-Con or the Pokeball controller, which I don't have yet, um, to throw it, or if you're in mobile, you just, you do, it's like a timed push press thing. And, um, but, but in addition to that, there are a lot of pretty solid quality of life improvements. Um, the, the big one where I'm like, I can't go back to the way it was before is that, uh, instead of keeping all your extra Pokemon in the, um, PC. So you have to go to a Pokemon center whenever you want to switch out your party. It's just all in a giant Pokemon box in your, uh, inventory, mm-hmm. which raises some questions about like, is this, they brought, they brought Wi-Fi to like they brought 4g yeah. to the world of pokemon that, that's that's it and you can still access it even if you're multiple floors down in a cave but you know it's 5g it's, it's, it's real good um so but but that that just makes it a lot nicer um there, there's just a couple of things like that that are really good um and i i'm surprised actually by how much i'm into the Pokemon Go style catching. Like, that was the biggest part. I think that's the one of the biggest sticking points why people have been unsure, uneasy about this game or unsure about it. But I think that the way that they're doing it is pretty solid and that it really emphasizes catching a lot of Pokemon. And um, so if you catch more than one of the same Pokemon in a row, you get, like, a streak going. And the more that you, the further you get in that streak from what I understand is that it becomes a lot more common to see rare Pokemon. Um, the Pokemon generally have better stats. Uh, you can do it for shine uh, if you're looking for shiny Pokemon. So it makes that a lot more streamlined. And honestly, I don't really miss the uh, battling Pokemon as, as much as I thought I would. Um, there's also a lot of... Are you not like when you encounter wild Pokemon? Are you not battling them? No. Oh, only. Oh, no. You're only doing like the Pokemon Go stuff. The only fights are against other people. Yep, that's right. Oh, huh. 
which is which I know is a lot of people's sticking point with this game, but I'm surprised at how good it feels. Um, The other change that I think is kind of I was going to say game changer, but that's really literally what it is. Is instead, all Pokemon now are visible on the overworld. There's no more random battles. Um, so they're all kind of locate a lot of Pokemon congregate near tall grass and in caves and everything, but you can completely aim for the type of Pokemon you want. You can avoid battling super easily, which makes stuff like I went through Mount moon earlier today and childhood me hated that because it's like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, mm-hmm. nothing but Zubat. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just annoying to deal with all those random battles. Whereas here you can do as many of them as you want. Um, Like I got a pretty decent streak of Zubats going so that I could hopefully help me find a Clefairy. And I I got a couple of those. Um, But then I also like, you know, when I wanted to, when I was like, you know, I'm done with that. I don't really feel like uh, catching any more Pokemon in here. Right. Oh, Oh, we lost her. She's gone. So yeah. uh, I haven't played the game, but I watched my friend stream probably about mm-hmm. four hours of it. So about the same amount of time Allison's played. And one of the th- neat things that happens with the whole... Uh, oh. oh, Allison, you're back. I was covering for you <laughs> while you were gone, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I just... You mm-hmm. cut out. Yeah, I was just saying Sorry that, about that I watched my friend stream about four hours of this game as well. And mm-hmm. one thing that I found really interesting, especially with the Pokemon walking around the overworld, is if they're special, they have like a red glow around them or a green glow oh, around mm-hmm. them. And then oh, you, that's you, cool. you encounter them and then it'll say like, it's huge or it's tiny <laughs> or it's it's shiny or whatever. Like, And that's kind of neat. And mm-hmm. like it, the streak thing actually seemed like a pretty good mechanic because she was in Viridian it's... Forest and got like seven Caterpies in a row and then suddenly there was a Pikachu and she's like, oh, yes. Was it huge? It was not a huge Pikachu. It's, it's surprisingly, it's surprisingly fun. And then um, catching Pokemon also gives you experience in the way that battling does as well. So if you want to just sit around and catch a bunch of Pokemon and level up some of your low level Pokemon, that's totally a valid yep. thing. And everything um, in your party seems to get experience from any capture. Yeah. Is, is that then the primary way of leveling up your Pokemon? No, um, you still get experience for battles, and I and I, I feel like the battles are still I still feel relatively leveled. Like early on, um, I it, I caught a lot of Pokemon right away, so then I was super over leveled. But by the time that I got to the second gym it felt like it kind of evened out a little well, bit it's at least well, better i mean wait really because it's the water gym and you got pikachu so it's just you one shot everything i right? mean it was easy but like i'm not gonna say it wasn't easy because it was because i had that and i also found a um bulbasaur that was, that was the one that i found in Viridian forest but okay, okay. Yeah. so i do have to ask mm-hmm. what besides mechanically does it seem like there is any major difference between this and like Pokemon Yellow? Not that it... I've seen. Okay. Um, so like, you're still running of... into Team Rocket and Mount Moon. Yeah, a lot of the designs seem to be based off of the anime in a very significant way. In mm-hmm. that you see a Jigglypuff in a uh, 
Oh, and it sings uh, in a Pokemon the Center, and it sings that exact song, mm-hmm. the exact song oh, from the okay. show. Okay. Yeah. And you see Team Rocket. It is Jesse and James from from the oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, doesn't oh. talk, but uh, oh, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> How is he going to fight Persian? And then <laughs> well, he's not going to get his. I know. Cat I know. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> wasn't available to do the voice. But yeah, no, it it feels like it mixed like Pokemon Yellow plus early anime and kind of like okay. shoved it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Other yeah. other question or other mm-hmm. other prompt. Tell me about how the Pokemon follow you. Oh it, is it is so good. It is Dude, so good. They they their their size matters. Oh, okay, you talked over each other. I, I didn't get any go, of that. Go for, go for it, Allison, please. Every single time I get a new Pokemon, I have it follow me just to kind of see what it is. And are they different sizes when yes. they follow you? Yes, they are. Because in, in my favorite Soul Silver, they were just all they were all like one square. Nope. Beedrill's fucking enormous. Oh my god! They're all different sizes, and they all kind of uh, operate in different ways. Like I, I, I did the thing where you can buy a Magikarp. So I was like, okay, sure. I just kind of want to try out with this Magikarp. Yeah, because you're and, smart. Yeah, I always love leveling up to Gyarados. So, but but it kind of flops on. Like most of the time, the Pokemon kind of orderly follow behind you. But this Magikarp was just like flopping all over the place, like in front of me, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yes. And then a big Pokemon, and also Pokemon show up as relatively accurate sizes. Like, not I don't think 100 percent because that'd be ridiculous but fairly accurate sizes when they come up in the overworld mm-hmm. so like you could be running around a cave and you're like well there's an onyx right there yeah it's i saw a, i saw a picture with someone had a registeel which is like mm-hmm. from like ruby and sapphire but those are apparently in the game they had a fucking registeel and it was so big yeah it was just like taking up like the space between like two buildings in a city and it was ginormous yeah, it was it's, very it's for really cool. a lot of big ones you, you you can ride them so the only one i've gotten for that so far is uh onyx but you just like get like it's just like when you put it behind you it's like you just are on top of this giant onyx going i might need to buy this so, and i don't want but i might need so, to so um, andre let me sell you on something uh my, my friend played it she has the edition with the the little pokeball little controller that comes with it and i'm not getting that uh, i don't know i don't know you might want to because you can you you can control everything from the pokeball so you can move around you can click and you can like shake to do certain actions uh but like when you're doing a battle uh it has rumble so Mm -hmm. you do the pokemon go action of throw basically you move it like that and stuff and um it will shake with the pokeball like it trying to catch and it will glow different colors depending on if it's successful or not like and it makes and it makes the sounds and it's like a real pokeball i'm definitely not gonna buy it unless i get the one with the pokeball yeah. that seems like the only way to play. Uh, yeah and, uh, rumble, I, I've, I've played both docked and in uh handheld mode and docks you basically use the one you, you operate with completely one joy con and it, the rumble is pretty dang good yeah. with it they would yeah. need to tell me that the pokemon joy con will work with the next pokemon game that's fair. The the Pokeball controller, let me just give you a slight update. You click the stick for the A button press, 
it's apparently it's garbage because you whenever you're in a menu you try and click the stick and it like moves, moves. yeah i've seen multiple reviews mention how bad it is well then i won't play this game <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've still got. Uh, I still had a pre-order for it, which uh, I did cancel, but might go oh, back okay. and. Okay, okay, Pat, but you can put a hat on Pikachu and Eevee. Yep. This controller is fifty dollars. Yeah. No, you see that? Yeah. Holy it's, it's, shit! It's almost. It's it, almost. The, how the is price it fifty dollars? Fuck that! I'm not buying this game. Period. Come on. It's like a full controller. Plus, you can also. It's, I can't play Smash with it. It's not worth it. No, it's true. Um, but you can also you know? with uh, Pokemon Go, and like I think you can take a Pokemon in it with you. It's like you know the like Pokemon Go, the Pokey Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. kind of cool. Basically, it, it works. It operates both ways. That's so, cool. I'm, I'm yeah. not doing that. It's uh, it's. I mean, it it, it does have some more uh, functionality, but again, it is fifty dollars. I didn't realize um, it was fifty dollars. It can't be fifty bucks. <laughs> it is in yeah, the UK right now. It is in if the you, UK. The Pokeball version. It's uh, you get it for so it's hundred bucks. Wow. Hundred bucks in the UK. The game plus the Pokeball is seventy quid. Well, so that's like twenty pounds. 25 pounds for the control you have monopoly money so <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> take it as a gift because your money is gonna not be worth anything soon. i'm so sorry I did, i'm so hateful and i don't mean it uh, our currency actually crashed three years ago pat when brexit was initially voted for so i think we're probably all right now the other thing uh that is kind of interesting is i feel like a lot of pokemon games have uh uh, tried to make it like kind of do the whole you're hanging out with your Pokemon kind of experience where there's a whole thing with uh, like various pet your Pokemon mechanics and things like that and, and yes uh, friendship mechanics um, whereas here it is exclusively at least from what I've seen so far with your starter Pokemon so Pikachu or Eevee but they, I feel like they within the story and without they give it a lot more personality to the point where it does kind of give you that vibe of like this is your main partner pokemon okay Um, wait wait. okay the switch doesn't have a microphone does it no so it's not hey hey, yeah i was gonna say it's like hey you pikachu so what you what you do is you download this but it is a bad game you download this phone app oh is in the pokeball it's not a bad game it's just a misunderstood game it's a bad game, Pat. I'm sorry. No, I, it's just a misunderstood it's, game. You're, you're, it's, you it yell was it, ahead you of its time. Reel it in, Pikachu. It was ahead of its time. It was like it was it it, it was like Seaman or something. Um, the, the thing that's kind of fun is I've seen uh, there was one point where you had your first battle with um, Jesse and James of Team Rocket. And it actually gave you like a little notification for it's like you should shake your the Joy-Con. So I'm like, okay, it, it like gives you a quick thing from like that like your interaction with Pikachu. Where it's like Pikachu gives you an exasperated look or something like that, and it was like super funny and like weirdly charming to be like, oh, this Pikachu is just like, oh boy, that Jesse and James are sure whatever. Like it, it, I don't know. It feels like I feel like a lot of the Pokemon games have tried to give the Pokemon personality and this is the one where it's like really succeeding which is fun. I think this game would be an excellent 
jumping in point for a kid who's just getting into both like the series oh, oh, and the games. Totally. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. And, and this is not the a million Pokemon that they have to worry about. It's just mostly the Hunter original 150 and then like some yeah. bonus stuff. Yeah. It's the and best Pokemon. Uh, and I also have um, Alola versions as well. Uh, I don't know how many of them are there, but I just got a, an Alola a, like a, an Alola version in a in game trade, um, but it's it, it, but the thing that kind of uh, that keeps hitting me is that it feels like the Pokemon game that Kid Me wanted so much. Totally, it, it feels like that game that I just like was like, man, like can you even imagine playing like a Pokemon game that looks great and you can hang out with your Pikachu and the battles look. Um, yeah, you know, like like as the battles look as good as they do in Pokemon Stadium, which is uh, <laughs> my level then. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 um very very nostalgic. Um, it, it, again, it's a full sixty dollar game, and so it's uh, for a remake of Yellow. You know, you kind of have to decide what mm-hmm. that's worth for you. But um, as somebody who's uh, been a fan of Pokemon for uh, since blue came out all those years ago it's it's it feels good to be back and playing it uh can you take pikachu out of your party yes you can take okay. it out of your party um it, it's still like when you have the pokemon following you your pikachu or eevee is always like hanging out like riding okay. your shoulder but so, it doesn't have to be one of your six. It doesn't have to be one of your six. But from what I understand, it has perfect uh, IV levels, and it has um, and you can teach it special, like you can teach them pretty special moves that are genuinely kind of overpowered. <laughs> okay, but Eevee is a normal type, yeah. and who gives a shit about you, normal type Pokemon? You, you also you know cannot. There's a way. Sorry, I was gonna say you, you, you can't evolve your your starter Eevee either. Yeah, no, Pikachu, yeah. But you, you can't know. put a bowler hat on it. Is there a way to get Pokemon from the DS into this version of the game? No. 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 Interesting. So that breaks the uh, chain. Alice is muted. Or not making sound. Because uh-huh. you can get... Uh, I don't know how it works, but you can get Pokemon from, like, blue... The original it, game so you, had, you had to trade up to yeah, silver, yeah, yeah, yeah. silver and you had to trade up through right, it right, right. to go from D then like you had to, to go from the 3DS ones you had to pay $5 a year right. for the Polka Bank and then yep. you had to upload them to the Polka Bank and I lost all my Pokemon because they were in the Polka Bank yeah I mean like, I'm not sure how many people really were doing that but it's interesting to me I wonder if when they release like the quote real Pokemon not that I want to take anything away from this mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. um next year i wonder if you'll be able to get your pokemon from the pokebank i would assume so hands down people would flip out right yeah people will get mental you'd think but i don't know yeah i don't know yeah it's i i I know that you can transfer them from pokemon go so i've actually played pokemon go for the first time like weird and from like fucking months i've like i pulled i've been playing it on my phone now because i'm like i can get pokemon from my game that's so wild yeah. Are people just like pulling in like fucking are people pulling in like or legendaries like at the beginning yeah. of I think so, but you can only pull in the original one fifty one. Yeah, but I mean like Articuno. But, yeah. Does does does, yeah. does it follow Probably. original Pokemon rules where like your badge dictates what level you can kind of do things up to? 
think so. I haven't actually tested any of that yet, so I'm not 100% one way or another. Why don't they just make this game for phones? <laughs> they already have. It's called Pokemon Go. But it's not. Pokemon Go doesn't have real Pokemon battling in it. Yeah. Neither does this. Well, it does when you fuck it This does. This has real battles against trainers. I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird. The whole thing is weird. I'm not necessarily saying it's bad. It's just weird. Yeah, I think it feels. Although the thing that I kind of think is interesting about it, though, is that it feels like it's poke. They they kind of were like, okay, let's just completely not throw out the entire formula. But they they. I feel like a lot of the Pokemon games have been kind of iterative in that they have like, okay, this Pokemon now has this new kind of feature and it kind of all tacked on top of it. Whereas here, it's just like. Nope, we're gonna start fresh, and you know, only do the first Pokemon. You know, we're only gonna do um, this. Is it's gonna be we're we're changing the catch capture mechanics completely, and uh, and I don't know. It's it, so, felt, it feels like you're actually trying new things while also still remaking the first game. So something I was actually talking about this with my, again the streamer friend. How. In terms of critical reception, especially the mainline Pokemon games always do extremely well, but like the side games like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon or uh, Mm -hmm. Snap or whatever, like uh, Pinball are criminally underrated. They they can be underrated, but also they're they're never quite as well received by the community as a whole as the mainline games. Right. So does is this going to be the first non mainline game to kind of bridge that gap? I mean, I think it's a mainline game. I, I don't think it's yeah. like so out of like outside the norm. I think it's yeah, just, yeah, with slightly different mechanics. I don't. Yeah, there, it's it's one of those things where they're they're not calling it a mainline game because they're putting out the new yeah. one so that they can kind of comfort the people who are freaking out about the Pokemon Go connectivity. But it, at the at its core, you are playing through Pokemon Yellow. Yeah, which yeah, you, you do the whole very similar like hmm. kind of loop of Pokemon battles and Pokemon gyms. Okay. And so it's less like it's it's less like a spinoff and more like a remake, just with different mechanics. Y- yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So more importantly, yeah. we're only four months away from the 20 year anniversary of Pokemon snap coming out. How <laughs> has the switch been out for multiple years? And we haven't even gotten an announcement of a new Pokemon snap. How, how did the Wii U come and go with I no know. Pokemon snap? The Wii U actually come to... and go without a new Pokemon well, snap. Uh, okay. No, but like, yeah. Okay. But all uh, the Wii U was fucking built. Was how are there built. 12 Mario party games and there's only one Pokemon snap? Just play, just play Africa. You're fine. You want to know the real answer, Pat? Because you can't go to Blockbuster and print out your pictures. Yep. Yeah, we need to have some sort of uh, Pokemon photo. You want to know? You want to know the real secret? There have been six Pokemon Snap games only released in Oregon in the past twelve months alone. Can you imagine? The social media integration with Pokemon Snap. You could oh my take God. selfies with the Pokemon. Oh my like, God. Oh Just my so God. you're aware, you can take oh. selfies with the Pokemon in Pokemon Go. Yeah, I know. That's not, that's it's not, not the same thing. I think it's just Pokemon Snap is Pokemon Go. You just take screenshots. Don't say that because no, 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 you, you don't throw you don't throw like food into a volcano and then like a Moltres comes out. Like it just it doesn't work. Yeah, you don't fly through fly through space chasing a Mew. 
I mean, I know that's Pompeii and brought out Pokemon Go, so I guess we'll never find out. <laughs> okay, well. The one uh, thing that I'd be really interested to see is, like, totally off t- tangent, might like the kind of spinoff, is did was anybody else really into Pokemon Coliseum? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, when I was yeah, a kid, I, I yeah. played those. I, yeah. I like that, that Lickitung game with sushi. Oh, no, yeah. that's that's Pokemon that's Stadium. The, the stadium, but about Coliseum. Which one's Coliseum? That's like it's like oh, it's like a full it's a full like kind of yeah. more of an RPG type thing. Oh, right, I played yeah. a little bit of that one, but it never like fully grabbed me. I I really liked it, and so I, it'd be kind of it'd be cool. kind of nice to have some more games like that. Well, after talking about those two hot GameCube games for an hour, uh, or <laughs> not GameCube, two hot Game Boy games for an hour, Tetris and Pokemon Yellow. Uh, <laughs> It's time to move on to a 2018 recent release with uh, Hitman 2. Uh, up front, I do want to say I it was early, and I, having played through that game very quickly, I just totally glossed over some of the improvements and changes they've made. So maybe we'll touch on those in this conversation when I talked about it last um, week. I'll just go real quick. I'm going to have to shoot, because uh, I need to sort my cats out and stuff. Okay. But, uh, great podcast. Uh, sorry, I can't stay the whole time. Okay. Sorry we to love you, Sam. Do, so Bye. Bye. Okay. Yes. Thank you for joining. Uh, everybody should uh, play Diablo on Switch and also watch DC Universe's Titans. It shouldn't be good, but it's really good. I'm very shocked and surprised. I can second one of those endorsements. I'll leave uh, everyone else to guess which one of those endorsements. Bye, everyone. I can Bye. agree with that. Again. Bye. 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 Uh, okay. Well, uh, after that fix it from the podcast, uh, uh, Pat, Hitman. Yeah. Hitman. Uh, so I have played, um, two, well, technically three of the six levels in Hitman two. Um, Hitman was one of those being the like beach house. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, I also revisited the Hitman 1 tutorial. I mm-hmm. think some of the people's claims that you should go back and replay that are a little overblown. I don't mm-hmm. think you need to if you played that first game. But mm-hmm. uh, the Hitman 1 was definitely my favorite game in 2016. I don't even remember what I had at number two. Like Hit- Hitman was Doom. very much... Doom? Maybe. Maybe. I like Doom. Yeah. I don't want to... I don't mean to make a face at Doom. I like Titanfall 2 as well. Those are probably Is in my top five. I don't yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. Um but Hitman was the one that stuck with me for sure. I ended up playing a lot of that game outside of like well into 2017. I did some elusive targets. I got Mastery 20 on a couple of those. So I was really into that game. And um, I like the iterations in Hitman 2 a lot. I'm actually, I think there's been some criticism that like they haven't evolved it enough. But I actually kind of like that they haven't messed with it too much. I think... Mm-hmm. The one thing I was concerned about coming into this, what I wanted was more elaborate maps, which is kind of what they've delivered. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that they're as elaborate as I think they could be, but um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I, I finished uh, Miami and um, Brazil, or was it Brazil? Colombia, or Colombia. Col- Colombia. Colombia. Yeah, Colombia. Uh, this morning, um, and um, for Miami, I did one story, and then just shot the other guy, oh. uh, and then. Columbia, because I had a, I had, it was one of those great Hitman moments where I was like, kind of scouting him out as mm-hmm. like, hmm, what am I going to do to kill him? What's the mission story here? And then I opened a door and I had a line of sight on him and no one could see me. 
So I was like, it's now or never, and <laughs> just popped him. Uh, <laughs> and then ran away and got out completely clean. Um, nice. And then uh, Columbia, I did mission stories and got Silent Assassin and mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. got got away with five stars on that one. Um, mm-hmm. And it's cool. I like the changes a lot. I definitely think it's a game that is worth playing in a sort of seems like the way to play that game is to sit down, play through the levels with the guide on mm-hmm. and sort of see them and do mission stories and then go back and do more interesting stuff. The mission yeah. stories are cool and, but they don't feel as clever maybe as they did in Hitman one, because they are so like walk here, do this, yeah. walk Listen here, these people do talk this. Yeah. yeah. And that's a little rote at this point, but I think that the, what makes that game special is like the systems that are in play mm-hmm. and those are still very cool and very good. Um, so I think that the fun will be getting into escalations and elusive targets and really yeah. like wringing everything yeah. out of those levels will be where the real fun of that game is. And the yes. story seems cool too, actually. I'm, in, I'm, I'm interested in seeing where that goes. I thought it was pretty meh. Like the, the power fantasy of killing, you know, horrible rich people. That's good. But like, the actual I'm like, eh, I don't care. So for context, and I don't know, you might have the same experience. I've played every single Hitman game. Um, I have played the one I, I've played a little bit of uh, blood money. It was the, the one before Hitman or before Absolution. Actually, I guess I haven't finished Absolution. I, I Absolution was the first one I played to completion. Gotcha. OK, so I never finished Absolution, but I played Hitman one. Well, I played Hitman Codename 47, Hitman 2, Hitman Contracts, and Blood Money to completion um, Mm -hmm. and really liked all of those. So the fact that this game kind of stabs at some of the story from the original Hitman Codename 47 is really Mm -hmm. cool to me um, Mm -hmm. because that game had the dumbest story and it was Mm -hmm. really, really interesting. It's really interesting to see them kind of revisit some of those ideas and that Mm -hmm. stuff uh, in this new one. But yeah, I don't know, like the, the changes, specific changes. I haven't seen mirrors come into play. There was one moment where I had a, oh shit, there's a mirror there for a second, but it was pretty inconsequential. Um, was the it the tutorial level or a different no. thing? Okay. No, Cause... it was, so I did the tattoo artist kill on okay. one of the, the, the Columbia guy people. <laughs> and there's a, I dragged him into the bathroom and there's a mirror in the bathroom, but the door was yeah. shut. Nobody saw anything. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so actually in the tutorial level, I ended up hiding in the bathroom for a little bit, and the girl who's your target and her, like, boy toy end up, like, in the bathroom, and the guy's taking a shower while she, like, brushes her teeth in front of the mirror, uh-huh. and then, and, like, I'm like, oh, I could sneak up. Well, I can't, because the guy's, like, in the shower, but then, like, the shower steams up, so you can't see mm-hmm. the guy anymore, so oh, I okay. guess the idea is he can't see you, and you're like, oh, but the mirror, and then the mirror fogged up. That's pretty cool. You could totally kill this guy right now. I don't know. I don't think I saw that play in anywhere else in the game, but they definitely like play with that a little bit in the tutorial level. That's kind of a thing that I am very, um, that even though they're the, the number one criticism seems to be that like is very boilerplate seems to be like, Oh, there's technically one less level in this game. Um, but that, that beach house is levels. yeah, and that beach house is really cool. I'm actually looking forward to going back and and playing through it a few more times. It kind of flips everything mm-hmm. on its head because it's not normal for you to at the outset mm-hmm. be in a situation where everyone is out to get you. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool because it removes like the disguise elements and it turns it into mm-hmm. a full on stealth game. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of neat. 
there's also in that level, it kind of introduces more of the mechanics that I forgot to mention. Like you can shoot out security cameras now. Yep. Instead of having to go and like disable the security like system, you can just like shoot the cameras if they don't see you or uh, I like hide in tall grass or bushes. The tall grass seems very like works as you would expect. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't, I wasn't blown away with it. Like, yes, there is a part in the coca fields where you Mm -hmm. go through the tall plants, but it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, obviously that's, I don't know. It didn't really feel that new, even though it technically is new. I guess because I forgot about it. And it's so similar to the way it works in Assassin's Creed, Mm -hmm. frankly, like identical that it didn't really blow me away. However, um, (laughs) I had an amazing moment where I, it said a security camera can see you. And I went, oh, just because I'm going to shoot the security camera mm-hmm. out. Why not? So it has a little thing up in the corner in the corner where it shows you that you're on camera. Mm-hmm. So I pulled out my silence gun and I aimed at the security camera. And then it's like, I hear someone go like, whoa, 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 what is he doing? And then it's like, you're hunted because someone watching mm-hmm. the security cameras saw me draw a gun and pointed at the security camera to shoot it out. That's cool. So like, that and it's true on camera too. Like if you're in the wrong disguise and you're trespassing and you walk past a camera, they will go, wait, 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 there's somebody over there, which is not how it worked in Hitman one, the last Hitman. No, it, it, yeah. If you, if you like, there it were ways for thing. Yeah. It was mainly just for score. There, there were ways. I think there was something like if you were already hunted and you, um, you, you walked past a security camera, they got an idea of where you were or something, but it definitely, I remember just sort of, I just sort of tuned out whenever it said they saw you because it never really mattered where it does now. And that's very cool. It's a cool thing Mm -hmm. to consider. Hmm. Yeah. So one of the first, or I think it is the first elusive, is it the, the, whatever the Sean Bean thing is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm dying. So that's pretty great. Who would you want to see other than Sean Bean as like a real world kind of person coming into Hitman? I mean, Sean Bean I is mean, pretty self-aware world, and pretty funny. Like a like a parody of a real-world person or a real-world person that was actually given consent to use their name? Your call. Because I think <laughs> if they're not getting any money for it, we all know the real answer. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they kind of already did that in Hitman 1 a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I think if we're, if we're talking about, like, actors, I think it would be interesting to do... Um, I think you could do a fun one with, like, Daniel Craig. If you did it like Daniel oh. Craig is a spy and mm-hmm. you're trying to get him, uh, I think that could be really funny. Um, I'd, I'd say uh, any of like the Marvel people like Chris Evans. That would be good. I also think that Patton Oswalt would be amazing. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Also. Uh, fuck Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. Also Drew Carey. That would be really fucking good too. <laughs> yes. Is doing the prices right? Get the prices right license no, for it. Too. Absolutely. Like they're doing a, they're hosting a game show like on site at someone's home in suburbia or something. I think I think there's a few of them that there's a I, lot I of think, them that'd be really good. I think a TV set. I, I they did if they've done like t, uh stage productions and stuff, but I think a TV set would be a pretty good or like and you could slot that John into several different Cena. levels. John Oh, John Cena. Cena would be so good. What if it what if they WrestleMania? The, Oh, if if they could do, I mean, if they could do a map, if I could have any map and it could be a wrestling event, holy shit. Imagine the like timing elements. It could be like you're here at a major wrestling pay-per-view and like there's, there's like the matches are happening 
over the course of the 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 mm-hmm. map. Oh, it'd be how, so good. How about how New about Japan the, would do it too? I bet. How about this one? It's a K-pop show with BTS, and and Agent Forty Seven already knows all of the fan chants. <laughs> Oh man! No, if he could no, blend and do no, the fan he chants, know, he, does, he doesn't know the fan chants. He knows the dances. Hell yeah! <laughs> I have to say, one of my favorite things in Hitman Two thus far, I generally think that the stories are not quite as good as they were in the first one. Like Helmet Kruger, there's been nothing I've seen that's been on the level of Helmet Kruger, for example. Sure. Um, and I hope there will be, but they're not bad. They're just not as inspired. Um, but there is a very good one in Colombia, um, where you, which minor spoilers, but it's not really. I think they've people know about this one. Um, there is a one where you can do be a tattoo artist and you can infiltrate the mansion of one of the guys as a tattoo artist. Cause he wants this tattoo and actually isolating the guy that is the tattoo artist, even though it's part of the mission story is kind of interesting. You have to like read some cues in the environment to get him to mm-hmm. go someplace by himself, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but uh, you, his name, first of all is P powers. <laughs> Because his name is Paul Powers, but he goes by P Powers, and he's like a uh, uh, like reality celebrity TV. reality TV tattoo artist. And when you get to the mansion, you have to meet. I think his name is Delgado. I think that one, that guy's name is Probably. Delgado. You have to meet his wife, and he's like the head of this cartel. And there's three separate targets that are all very spread out on this map, um, in three very specific areas. So you go, and you have to meet Delgado's wife, and she's like talking about how how she's this huge fan and it's the best because like at one point she's like i love when you tattooed that dying police officer on camera as he and and 47 just like i cherish the memory it was a wonderful experience <laughs> and then she's like we have to take a selfie and then you take a selfie with her and it cuts to the phone camera and 47 is just standing there like no expression, just arms at his side while she takes the selfie, like smiling and doing a peace sign. Yeah, it's so good. It's, yeah, this game has some moments, but yeah, it's it's real fucking good. Yeah, it's good. I like it a lot. I think it's I think it's definitely if you played Hitman One and want more of Hitman One, you have to buy this game. I mean, you have to play it. It's it's mm-hmm. just excellent. And if you didn't play Hitman One. You, you have should to buy this game and buy and a twenty dollar sh- legacy yes, pack. Yes, exactly. You should buy the legacy pack and play the whole set of content because it's a very good game. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I I spent the extra money to buy the gold edition. I I did get it on sale, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm glad because I'll get the DLC and stuff. Because man, that game's so fucking good. It's great. <laughs> it's it's very good. It is just I as good it. as the first yeah. one. And I'm honestly surprised to see that some of the critical reception has been um, that it's like good but not great because I think that that. It's still, I still think it's great. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's like quite as mind blowing as the first one because it's the not first, the first. It's, it doesn't yeah. have like the surprise of like, man, they just, they really went for it. Yeah. They, I don't they, know that it unseats something like Obradin or Forza Horizon 4 for me or God of War, but it's a, it's a great game that mm-hmm. is, that, that I am very excited to play the rest of. And I'm very excited for all the content that's coming to it. Like, I, even after liking the first one, I, I was still surprised by it. I was like, oh, man, fuck yeah, Hitman. It's still really good. Uh, because like I, I tried to do the Patient Zero stuff in the last one sometime last year, and it just, like, I'd been away from it. And I was like, I don't, eh, I don't know. I'm not, like, crazy about the maps we're on or, like, what it's having me do. And it's all, like, very contained and a, very, like, seemed, like, much more difficult. Like, the areas 
that you were like doing stuff in. I was like, eh, I'm not in love with this. So then coming back to Hitman 2 and being like, oh, okay, yeah, no, this is yeah. really good. Great. It's very comfortable in a dif- from a difficulty perspective. Like it definitely is inviting you to take advantage of its systems and not like not it's not stressful to play, which is great. And mm-hmm. uh, the only thing that I will say as maybe a criticism is I do feel like there's a lot of waiting for stuff in a way that wasn't necessarily true of the first one in terms of the story specifically. Like um, when you do that tattoo artist story, you go all the stuff leading up to it is really funny. And then you have him in the chair and again, light spoilers, but it's pretty obvious how all this stuff is going to go. Um, you, you have him in the chair and like his wife is there and his I'm guard is pictures. there and his wife is taking pictures and you're kind of standing there like preparing to tattoo him. And then he's like, Catalina, I need you to go away. And she's like, okay. And she leaves. And then you're like, okay, I'll start tattooing. And then the guard is still standing there and you have the option to kill him at any point. And I'm like, well, if I kill him right now, the guard's going to know. <laughs> and then you kind of just have to sit there and tattoo him for like a minute or two before he goes like, Juan, I need you to go away too. And then he makes the, the guard leave. You're stressing me out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I will say that during that, every two lines of dialogue, he would say to me, um, the tattoo is in here. We're doing the tattoo in here. Stop wandering around my house, even though I wasn't going anywhere. Oh, <laughs> it like bugged out. So he just kept oh. saying that to me over and over again. And then he would like go back to the dialogue chain of what oh, was supposed to happen, weird. which was weird. It's a minor complaint, but there does there's a few instances where it seems like you're waiting for a long sequence of dialogue to happen for all of the actors to get into their places that I feel like wasn't as noticeable in the first game, but that could just be because I haven't played the first game in about a year. There were certainly parts where you were like, okay, I'm going to call this lady and I'm going to wait in her room. I have to wait for her to walk like down two sets of stairs and walk all the way over here. So there was like waiting stuff. And what you get for the intricacy of those levels for having all of that be actually simulated and actually having all those people move around and have their, you know, logical stuff happen, it's worth it. But Mm -hmm. there were a couple of times when I was kind of like, okay, I'm ready. I get it. It's funny. We did it. Like, I'm here. Let's just Mm -hmm. get this guy out of the room so I can kill him. It's, It's to get the impatient people to, you know, screw up. Like, oh, they see the kill button and they're just going to like push it immediately. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. So uh, I, I didn't mind that stuff too much. I, I enjoyed it's like, not like if I were to go back and I was like, OK, I have to like do the tattoo artist thing again for whatever reason, then I would be like, oh, my God. I have to yeah, and I, but I, but you're, you're never going to do that again. Like, I'm never. Uh, yeah, gonna I, do I, I don't know if there would be a reason to. But uh, yeah. if, for example, like if I had to do that again, I would be like, oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, I would be interested in trying ghost mode with someone that I know too. I know that it's, it does seem kind of underwhelming, but um, I think it could be fun with a friend specifically. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I definitely want to like get used to those maps more. Like I, I need to play more of that. Uh, but I uh, finished, I put my time into finishing red dead this week. Uh, yeah. So I can, I can purge myself of that, uh, which I, I was enjoying up until yesterday. Uh, early afternoon uh i think save chapter five which is pretty short uh compared to all the other chapters um and even like then it's only like two-thirds of chapter five is pretty weak and then the rest of it is pretty good um i i like that game chapter one to six save that part of chapter five and then the epilogue just like shat the bed and ruined the game like it it actively ruined the story for me 
and I, I purged all my feelings on it to Alex because he doesn't he didn't care if I spoiled it for him. He yep. doesn't intend to play the game. So Good. I could just get, get those feelings out <laughs> so I could like actually talk about the game without being like, oh, and then ah, this reason I because I don't want to spoil it for you because I think the story in chapter one to six is very good. Um, yeah, there are some missteps and some tonal things that I don't think totally make sense, especially with the way they have like the karma meter with like the because like they have written Arthur in a very specific way and they give you some choices that I don't think make sense based on like the way they write Arthur. Like there's just some ludonarrative dissonance there, um, which was like, why would I, who would pick that other thing? Like, there's no way you pick that other option. Uh, and like instances like that. And they don't give enough time to some of the characters that I'd like to see them give more time to. Um, maybe if like you spend more time in the camp talking to people, but I would have liked to just spend more time, like been able to like ask people to like, Hey, you want to go fishing? Want to go hunting? And then have like some of those sequences where you talk to them play out more. Uh, cause there are like some instances where you'll get prompts like, Oh, so-and-so wants to go hunting with you or so-and-so wants to go fishing. And then you'll have a discussion and it'll prompt you to like, Oh, go buy new bait because you can't catch fish here. Uh, so I would have liked to be able to just ask people to go do activities with me. So you wanted Mass Effect? Yeah, basically. I Sick. wanted to fuck Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't really? <laughs> uh, like, like, I wanted to spend more time with Lenny, uh, but they don't give you that choice, really, which is like you get like i like the time i got to spend with lenny and you get like one good mission with him at the beginning and like you know a few more chances to hang out on missions and stuff but i don't i i wanted more time to spend with those characters than what it was giving me and then like some of the stories that unfold around camp are so easy to miss um because there's so many things happening at once at certain times and when they want those stories to like pop up so it become like I, I could see it being very easy to miss like some plot points and be like, what? Yeah. Uh, Cause there were like things where it's like, okay, this character's mad at this character, but why? Like what? Like, I mean, they're kind of a shithead, but like what's, what's actually going on here. Mm-hmm. And then kind of an unsatisfactory resolution uh, in the end or me. I don't know. Maybe I came around on that one a little bit, but yeah, it's, like, it's yeah, it's, they needed the bends to to come in and edit that story yeah like you did tell me what happened and i can kind of, i can see where you're coming from one thing i guess like disregarding the story and the kind mm-hmm. of problematic way it ended like the kind yeah. of the big wet fart mm-hmm. mixed with shrug that you had like in reaction yeah. like how is the open worldness like is it still cool to play is it fun uh so uh like last week i said like i hadn't encountered like encountered like a redo of a stranger thing yep a stranger mission a stranger thing a stranger mission (laughs) at all yeah and then like later that afternoon i encountered my first one and like they're short enough like the like ones that you just generally run into out in the world they're short enough that it's not a big deal but i was like oh okay no i've done this one before so okay whatever um i think it was like the snake bite one or something um so did that um but it seemed like the like in chapter six i was getting a lot more like weird bugs and like nothing major i didn't get any crashes or like 
game-breaking things. It was just like a lot of like, oh, I loaded into this area, even though it's actually supposed to be a cutscene now. So it's like loading the cutscene in the background, and like I'm standing on like an untextured hill, and like oh really, things like that. Yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> it was like trying to load in the level. I was like, wait, what are we loading right now? That's rough. That's amazing. yeah. Like it, it wasn't game-breaking, uh, and then like I I couldn't do anything, and then like a couple like five seconds later, it's like oh, okay, cutscene. Here we go. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Was this on um, a uh, was this on an OG? PS4 yeah, it's a regular PS4 fat. Uh, but like nothing game breaking and like it seemed like the controls were getting worse. Like I was getting a lot more like laggy controls which was weird. And like the, the shootout sequences are generally short enough that it didn't really matter um save for like a few points. But yeah, like I I never felt like so put down by the controls or anything or had like such a major issue that it ruined the experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I enjoyed riding around the world enough to keep playing. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And I like, I really enjoy the way that the world, um, I think they do a very incredible job of like melding the areas together. Cause like so often in open world games, it's like, okay, here's your forest and then your plains and now you're in the desert. And like, they're very like delineated. Mm And this game, I think they like ease into each of those areas and meld them together much better than other games. So it actually feels like a contiguous world that you're. Yeah, it it feels like you're going like play. It feels like you're actually like gradually entering places. And it's not like, oh, okay, I I walked through like a a, like an archway and now it's desert. Sure. Cool. Like you're not jumping through a a Zelda game or something. Yeah. I walk through a loading screen and now I'm in the desert. Yeah, I, I I came in pretty hot, like ready to go, and I really liked chapter one. Um, but let me tell you, like, it's not that I haven't had time. Just the idea of booting up Red Dead has been really daunting the last couple of weeks. Like, I'm Which like is so funny to me because like I was like, hey, I'm not going to play Red Dead, and then I'm the one who finished it. No, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know, it is. It's weird, but and it's not that I think the game is like bad by any means. It's almost like it's just too. I don't know what it is. Like when I sit down at the end of of a work day, I'm like, well, I could boot up red dead for a couple hours or I could jump on and play a level of Hitman, or I could jump on and play a few games of overwatch with my partner. Or mm-hmm. like I could play a match of paladins. Um, like there's just like a lot of, mm-hmm. there's so many games out and I just feel like red dead is so much work <laughs> to just start I, playing it. I totally agree with you. Like, when during the week uh, after work i'd be able to play like two hours or something i was like i I can't do any more of this i have to stop it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that it's not great like uh, just because it is it is i mean i think it's important to remember for and i'm not necessarily saying for any of y'all because i think that like everyone here is pretty cognizant of this but like i think it's pretty um normal for really strong works of things like literature and film to be work to kind of Mm -hmm. approach and understand. So I think there is room for that, not necessarily talking specifically about Red Dead. I think there is room for that in the medium where Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be something that is inviting and super fun for it to be a great game. Um, But man, with Red Dead, it's just like, it's so daunting. Like there's so much there. It's like, there's, there's, I know that if I, that I am so far away from Mm -hmm. anything, I'm still in chapter two. I'm so far Mm -hmm. away from like 
hitting anything close to the end of that game. And, and it is just very daunting. I don't know. I think no, I, I totally get it. That's, uh, that's where I've been with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, that's exactly where, what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> where, I mean, I, I like that game and I'd like to see more of the story, but every time I boot it up, like there are so many quests, my quest log, there are so many cultists I have to deal with. There's so much like places I haven't explored and it just feels kind of overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Like even if I play a few hours of it, I feel like I just barely chipped away at this, this Mm -hmm. giant game and uh, I'm going to go play Pokemon instead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't, like I don't know exactly how if like in Assassin's Creed Odyssey it's actually delineating uh like here are your main quests and here are like side quests and like here are the important ones, here are the unimportant ones or whatever. But like in Red Dead, if it's not in like one of the like main quests, it's you don't have to engage with it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like you don't have you do not have to go hunting except for like, you know, a few instances on like main quests you don't have to uh do stranger missions i think there's some very good writing in some of those stranger missions i think edith downs uh is one of the stranger missions and that one like i was like almost in tears by the end of like those interactions uh, Mm -hmm. because it's like a multi-stage throughout the game you encounter this character Mm -hmm. and uh i think they just they do a really good job of delivering uh on some of those things but also you don't need to play poker you don't like there are so many things you don't need to do but they have there so i think it feels more daunting than it actually is because there are like stranger things there's like oh find these dinosaur bones scattered throughout like the world like fucking what (laughs) you know i I never found any except for when i encountered that stranger the one time you know what's what's disappointing though and maybe you know you said you didn't encounter any so maybe who knows maybe it is this but What's disappointing, I think, and what is really cuts to the core of what is wrong with Rockstar right now, I think, mm-hmm. is there's a version of that that's so cool. That's like, wait, there's like a paleontology side mm-hmm. thing in this game. There's a version of that that's like engaging and interesting and surprising mm-hmm. and like makes you want to seek it out. And yet developers like work themselves halfway to death for very standard kind of rock star Hauser storytelling. And I think that that's disappointing, I guess. Like I, I just, I just wish that if there's, I would take like, you know what? I would be okay if maybe you couldn't see the light filter through Arthur's earlobe. If instead there was a really cool side thing like mm-hmm. it, that, that's, that's why I don't, I just, the way that they place their resources, I, I firmly believe that the answer is not just hiring more people because mm-hmm. the problem with that is that you have to hire skilled people. Like hiring more people just creates more work for managers and mm-hmm. creates more work for everyone else too. So there's not just like staff up more and that solves the problem. It doesn't, but direction of resources mm-hmm. is important. And if you yeah. direct resources, I, I can live in a world. I know some people can't, and that's fine. I respect that. I can live in a world where people are um, truly, honestly, and again, I don't know if this is possible in a setting like Rockstar, but I can live in a world where people are truly, passionately, honestly wanting to work very like themselves to a limit mm-hmm. because of a piece of art that is inspiring to them. But I think it's unfortunate that the ways in which that kind of work manifested was in a 
you're going to make sure that this animation triggers and mm-hmm. at the exact right moment. And you're, we're going to write another hundred lines of dialogue around these specific things and not let's make a really cool system. And I think yeah. that's kind of what's disappointing. And I, I mean, I feel like I've, I've, I've wondered this for years, but I'm still wondering if we're ever going to get to the point where open world fatigue is a thing. Um, just because, I mean, I know that this is not necessarily a case for people who have a uh, much limited outcome um, income, but like, the, I feel like anytime I now I see oh, like game advertised as like over a hundred hours, it's rarely like it's it's it rarely does everything to earn that. Yeah, but like there's um, there's still so many sixteen and seventeen year olds who have a summer off from school that right, are exactly. that are that are going to pick up one game. Yeah, and like that's still a big part well, of the market. For sure, and, and but to- and like, even with. Like, I think that also comes down to quest design as well. Like uh, one that I keep going to for this, which is kind of an older, older now, but uh, is Dragon Age Inquisition, where it's a much big, like they kept touting how big the world is, but a lot of the quest design was just kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think, yeah, no, I I don't think that like the stranger things, the stranger things, the stranger (laughs) things are, I like some of them like so there's the one that you get out in the world like the ambient ones where like oh help my horse fell over or I got bit by a snake but then there's like the more like story focused ones which are like they're a lot more like oh hey it's two guys trying to impress a lady and they want you to like shoot bottles off their heads like that's like a fun little like goofy thing or like you know this this, like one of the first ones you encounter is this author, author who's trying to write a book about an old gunslinger and he's like, I want you to go interview these people for me. And so you have to go around the world and find these other gunslingers and try and get them to talk about this other gunslinger. And like, I think that stuff's all like pretty neat. It's just when it like, there's like the, there's so much of like the non story stuff is like, just kind of like there, but for no reason, just to like give you something to do if you want to. And it sounds like a lot of people are spending 20 hours in chapter two which sounds like a fucking mistake because you're not doing yeah. anything that matters. If anything, I'm glad that I to have sort of stalled out on it to learn that before mm-hmm. I spent 20 hours in chapter two, because um, I definitely was headed down that path of just languishing in chapter two. And I think it's, it's kind of a similar from a different angle, a similar problem to the Spider-Man thing. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of people talked about how they rushed the story and then the side content sucked. Whereas mm-hmm. I played it where I played the side content in line with the story. I did every mm-hmm. side thing I could alongside the story. So when I, by the time I got the platinum, I was like, what are you guys talking about? It was fine. Like, yeah, the crimes are repetitive, but like you don't have to do that many of them in a row if you just do them as they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I'm glad to have gotten my, you should play it this way. <laughs> <laughs> for Red Dead, because I was about to head down the wrong path, uh, and that'll 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 help. But I think what this part of this game, and this is why I'm hesitant to be too harsh on it, is part of what this game is showing is like I just wish it makes me like I, I've kind of I'm kind of considering just letting it go and not worrying about it for the end of the year, so that I can just play it at a slower pace mm-hmm. because I wonder if that's a better way to play it. Kind of what you were saying, Alex, the like play it over several months, just enjoy it. And I almost wish that the multiplayer, I kind of wish that the way this game had come out is like, Hey, 
the multiplayer and the single player are the same thing. And we've created this like Arthur cipher, but maybe instead you just like create, get to create your character. And it, I don't it, think that it would work. Slots in because, well, here's why though, but this is what I'm, why I feel that way. Because if I play 80 hours of red mm-hmm. dead and I do fishing and hunting and I go through the story, why the fuck do I want to play red dead online? <laughs> why the fuck do people want to play GTA online? I don't, but I, don't... I I think with GTA online, like it's because there's wild, goofy shit in there. Like yeah. there's Hot Wheels racing in yep. GTA online. Yeah, like, yeah, like people make entire races, but well, you, it's you, insane. You can't do that in Red Dead. But I mean, there's like other weird shit they can possibly do. I, you know, I, I yeah. don't know what they're going to do. So I think this, this, the saving thing for Red Dead Online, I don't think they'll do this, but I hope they do. And this is what would hook me is if Red Dead Online, instead of doing like Undead Nightmare, Red Dead Online became their sort of hey, here's a realistic world of the old West. And, oh, weird, there's a zombie outbreak like for I, a month. I, t- wow. I told Alex about something that is kind of revealed. Like, you could find it earlier, but it's kind of revealed yeah. at the end of... I know the there's weird epilogue. shit in there. Like, well, there's something that's kind of revealed in the epilogue, but you can find it earlier. And, like, they, what the fuck are they doing with that map? Yeah. yeah. I'm interested to see some of that stuff. And that stuff is way more intriguing to me than a lot of other things. And I hope that that's the angle they take in Red Dead Online. Because if Red Dead Online is just like, we brought the full, rich, open world of Red Dead to a world you can explore with your friends, my response is, I don't care. Because, like, <laughs> I don't need to go fishing a bunch. Wasn't that basically what GTA Online was at launch? That's yeah. why no one played it at launch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think they've learned a lot since then. And so... I think they haven't. I I don't know if they've said anything about. Yeah, they haven't really. Uh, You know, I I could see like, oh, you could, you know, setting up horse racing and like other like weird, you know, you're probably going to play poker with people and like. Yeah, I would expect that stuff, but like get into bar fights. I don't know. Let's be real. That stuff is not interesting enough to like command people's time. And I mean, I sat down and played poker for two hours one day. And if all they care about is is nabbing. 17 year olds on their their uh, high school summer break or red dead on but how much money do those kids have like i don't know if yeah. they're if the if the point of red dead online is to make money they need to get people with disposable income interested in playing it and they did that with gta online by introducing wild stuff but the disconnect for me is that uh there was already wild stuff in gta 5 like you were mm-hmm. already parachuting out of blimps to like mm-hmm. in heist mission i mean not well, specifically but uh, you know so. there is some some stuff that I, like when, when you get later there's some like weirder stuff that yeah maybe they could implement you know it's it's hard to say what i'm not knowing anything about it but I, i'm not so much trying to say that it will fail i'm just very interested to see yeah, how they yeah, sell yeah. it that's all yeah it it, it will be probably weirder than you think at the moment i hope i hope because that's weird is what's going to get me in so <laughs> i hope so I, yeah um, and i hope that it's crossplay too because we're entering a world where like come on like i have a lot of friends that are playing it on ps4 and i want to be able to play with them and mm-hmm. i'm not going to buy it and play it on ps4 standard when i have an xbox one x hooked up to a 4k tv mm-hmm. but i should be able to play with my friends who are playing it on ps4 sure uh yeah that's man i I wish, I wish that epilogue had gone different. It was a mistake uh, because it really just soured my. I think it r- ruined the story. Interesting. I, I will say, mistake, not, I... not like that. It, <laughs> it, it like not that it made like it. I think it just lessened the impact 
it was yeah. like it, it it didn't need it they didn't need it it should have like I, they could have done an epilogue they just should have done something entirely different what did you say Allison? i'm sorry i didn't hear what you said on, on uh that uh, that was a mistake i should probably head out so see you guys okay. later okay yes we, okay. we should wrap up this podcast uh thanks for joining us Allison. where can people find you uh, find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Uh, I haven't uh, done Twitch in a while, and I am I don't know if I'm going to be on my computer at all this week, so I probably won't be on it this week. So. Okay. Bye, everybody. Enjoy your Bye. show. Bye. Enjoy your show. I'm jealous. should be fun. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, last-minute thoughts on, like, as we head into game of the year, uh, anything you're trying to get finished? Yeah, I have a whole list. <laughs> Would like I would to like to, list? I would like to sneak through Red Dead if I can in a way that mm-hmm. makes sense and feels right, for sure. Uh, but I, I'm trying to finish. I want to play through Hitman. I want to give at least. I came out of Columbia with a level eight from one run. Like, getting five mm-hmm. stars in that mm-hmm. is a lot of experience. So, mm-hmm. um, but I do want to try to get through the story of Hitman and do a couple elusive targets and maybe play some escalations. Um, there's another one that I'm forgetting that came out recently go pikachu no something i own already but i can't even remember what it is now oh uh, i want to play the i want to play more battlefield 5 i guess i should have talked about that some this week battlefield 5 is very very good Mm -hmm. Um, there's some rough edges around like the menus and stuff kind of what some people have been talking about on podcasts such as one jeff gersman i I agree that i think that the that stuff is rough i also think that like for some reason i played the technically the last war story first it doesn't matter because they're not connected, but it's the last one in the continuity, and it is by far the best. Like the other two war stories are fine; <clears throat> they're they're fun and okay. But the last one is the one with emotional weight, um, and I do think it's interesting, like that I ended up playing it first because it kind of had me expecting that sort of emotional weight the rest of the way mm-hmm. through. But that uh, actually kind of made me tear up a fair mm-hmm. bit. Um, so if you can play at least the um, Tuliers section of the that war story in battlefield five because i think it's important and really good for end of the year um but uh yeah i don't know hitman stuff i'd like to get through red dead i would kind of if i have bonus time i'd love to get through vampire um Mm -hmm. i i have that installed i haven't started it yet but i'm excited to try it out i really need to get back to it so yeah it seems very up my alley uh on the waypoint podcast um rob zachney and patrick klepek two people that i jive with very much critically uh kind of compared some of the writing and earnestness to early Witcher, which mm-hmm. is, was really resonant for me. So um, I think, I think I would really enjoy it. And Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, even though it's a very different game is one of my favorite games of all time. So oh. um, I think that like the, the, I'm very into the vampire aesthetic. Cool. Uh, Alex, what, what's, what's on your list? All right. Ready? So ones I'm currently in cross code God of war. Hitman 2 and Oberdin. Mm-hmm. So those ones so, are going to be uh, finished. I'm going to start Oberdin today. I need to buy it. Uh, and right now I'm looking at the Steam page and it, uh, under the is this game relevant to you? It says similar to games you've played Danganronpa 1 and Danganronpa 2. <laughs> what the All fuck right. is this game? Hell yeah. Dude. That sounds great. People need to fucking play Oberdin, seriously. Yep. Like, I'm, that, I'm that game is 
now that, that game is magic. compared to Danganronpa one and two. Now I'm going, what the yeah. fuck? No, no, no. It makes sense. It really like, does. All right. I'm it has, it shares some DNA with visual novels in the way that okay. it tells its story. Cool. For sure. Okay. Yeah. See? I, I do have a handful of want to plays. I don't know if I'm going to get to any of them except for one, uh, the game Gree, which is coming out in early December. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's yeah. interesting. I, yeah. When is that? Is that? It's like seventh, uh, yeah, fifth or seventh. I can't remember, but like uh, Smash Bros. Day. I I want to play Dragon Quest, but I just don't think I'll have time. Yeah, I know. Uh, Frostpunk seems amazing. Like I don't know if any of us have played Frostpunk. Mm-mm. No, I wanted to touch on that too. I actually almost bought it last weekend. I had a, a moment where I was like, you know what, I would love to play a post-apocalyptic strategy survival game, city building, and I was so close, but yeah. then I didn't do it. Yeah, uh, it seems really good, but I just don't know if I'll have time. So. Yeah. I, I do want to play some Smash too. I will probably pick up Smash. Yeah. I have a some, but I don't know that I'll get heavy into it until uh, holiday time after our podcast because I have some travel with yeah. family. So I'm going to bring my Switch and stuff, and I think I'll get some good Smash time in with some friends and family around holidays. Uh, Great. But, but yeah. I don't know. Smash is kind of a known quality, a quantity that that single player looks interesting and weird. But yeah, it does we know what Smash is? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. In sort of what you were saying about. Um, tetris we already know what tetris is and mm-hmm. tetris effect elevates tetris i don't know if from what i've seen of smash i believe that smash the new smash really elevates what we already have of smash like i don't know that it's going to be that relevant in year-end discussion because we know what smash is already very good we know mm-hmm. what smash is i don't know that it needs the accolades uh of a year-end discussion to say hey this is just the culmination of 20 years of smash or whatever yeah maybe maybe it's something amazing maybe it's more maybe it's more than the sum of its 75 74 that character list is great it's that's very exciting all that music yeah but yeah andre Uh, do you have any character it makes the (laughs) oh yeah i'm very excited for it to have good online too I, I did buy a year of, of Nintendo online and I will say that while I think it's a little silly in some ways, um, it is a solid there. It's solid. Like it works really well. Mm-hmm. I played um, some Splatoon post that and um, some Mario Kart online and like to get my money's worth out of it. And um, it, the, you know, no lag, no issues. So I think that ha- being able to play smash with people on the internet will be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that you couldn't do that with the last smash, but honestly, who did that with the last smash? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Andre, uh, I played online a bit. Andre, do you have any, any, anything? On your uh, lists? Oberdin. Uh, I'm going to do that today. Uh, I, now after that, talk about Pokemon, let's go Pikachu. I'm thinking, Oh, do I need to buy let's go Pikachu? <laughs> I'm not probably going to play it until next year. I don't think I'm going to watch my friend play it. Uh, yeah, I want to play Gree or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> platformer. Uh, let's uh, let's see what else. I, I feel like uh, more Hitman because I've only pl- I still haven't played more since last time we talked about it. Right. Uh, since we first talked about it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think for the most part I'm done. Like I, I want to try and get back to Vampire. I don't know how I. Th- I don't know how much how long that game is. I've played according to this 13 hours. I don't know how many hours it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Oberdin will run you about 8 to 10 hours probably. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, yeah, that's that's doable. Although apparently there is more 
I, I don't know. I finished it, and it has a very definitive ending. Um, but mm. apparently, there is more buried in there. There's more weird but stuff to you, uncover. You identified like all the all the people. Yeah, I identified all the people. Saw there is a when you identify all the people, there is a sequence of stuff that happens. Like mm-hmm. at the end, you're in the end. There's no spoilers here to deny, um, deny all their insurance claims. <laughs> ah, you 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 get to see the ledger and see where all the insurance claims go at the end, actually, uh, and how and how all of the money shakes out for sure. It's very cool. Um, and it actually like that was the part that made me cry was I was like, holy shit, I did all like that. The the story is not as emotional as something like near. But when I got to the end of it and I realized like the weight of like, oh, my God, this game is so such a incredible achievement. And I'm realizing that as I look at all of these insurance payouts, that was the part <laughs> that made me really emotional. Um, That's why uh, he went to a real insurance adjuster and was like, so how do you think we would write this? <laughs> Um, but, but, uh, uh, the, apparently there is weird stuff in there. I don't know. Like I, I might try to boot it back up cause I've heard some people say like, Oh no, there's more. Um, mm. I don't know how there could be more. Um, that's like saying, Oh no, there's more in like a gone home or a Tacoma, but like mm-hmm. maybe there is more. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's like a monster hunter event, I think for the winter. And I might try and play some more of that before we get to our game of the year stuff, just so I can have that fresh in my mind because i haven't one, played that in a while one kind of weird wild card that i might recommend anyone with a monster hunter interest i'm going to kind of float it no. to sam too is uh you may want to check out dauntless, dauntless. briefly it's, i don't know if it's out no it's, no no but it was it was slated to release this year so it was slated yeah. to leave open beta there's no it's a dumb like service game thing it doesn't matter they're not going to wipe any progress so um I agree that it shouldn't be considered if it doesn't come out of open beta this year, but mm-hmm. it's worth mentioning. If it does come out of open beta, it may crack my list by mm-hmm. barely. It is a very cool game. Uh, yeah, I need to play that. Uh, I wanted to, and then like the servers were just like too busy. Uh, when I, the one time I tried, and I was like, okay, then I just never got back to it. I don't. It's not as uh, carefully crafted a game as Monster Hunter World, but I think mm-hmm. for my purposes, I like it more because you mm-hmm. can boot it up and be hunting them, fighting, literally fighting a monster within five minutes of starting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like that ability to kind of jump in and just go rather yeah, than sure. all the prep time. So yeah, uh, there was something I was going to ask Alex, and I just. It, escaped me oh well uh that i think <laughs> will do it if i if i think of it later i will ask him but yeah uh that is going to do it for this episode 45 of gaming fix uh, you can find us on itunes google play wherever fine podcasts are sold uh you can age us in your digital locker it's only going to get better with age i don't think we locked in specific dates for game of the year I stuff yet Eight and fifteen. Eight. Those seemed the most likely. Those seemed the most likely. There seemed to be something. Sam might have had something that might have caused issues on the eighth, but those seem likely. And I would imagine those will be very long podcasts. So if Mm -hmm. you are listening, Mm -hmm. I would prepare your body. Uh, But you also may want to check it out live because I think they'll be fun. Mm-hmm. yeah uh do we have to lock in yeah we're doing two weeks instead of just one day this time because now we actually are scheduled and on a regular basis as opposed to last year when it was <laughs> kind of like shotgun like okay when can we make this work those are both going to be like four hour podcasts <laughs> oh dear. i don't see how we're getting out of that <laughs> yeah well uh, you know i look forward to it uh, i do too i'm excited we can start Very earlier excited. maybe i don't know but yeah we have yeah. to lock down some Locking down some t- uh, categories. Yep. Yep.
Okay. Well, uh, let's see. Yeah. So you can find us iTunes, leave us a review, please on iTunes. Uh, if you see so fit, even if you don't use iTunes, go make an account (laughs) purely for this purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then unsubscribe from whatever emails they send you because who needs that? I've been unsubscribing from some emails. Oh, feels so good. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Uh, I've got a WhatsApp. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. You right. go on WhatsApp, you'll find Alex. The world's uh, most popular communication tool, I think, right? Yeah. Isn't that like something? One of them. If yeah. that or WeChat. Hmm. When I was in Europe, everyone used WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, And how about you, Pat? Where can people find you? You can find me at Jester PC, where I tweet about politics and games in fairly equal measure. Um, I also (laughs) write at gamingconfidence.com, although I haven't been writing there at all for a long time. uh, And I don't know when I'm exactly I'm going to have time to post things there, but um, you'll likely see me post some fiction there before you see me post more critical stuff. It sounds neat. Uh, you can find me at Coolslaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W on Twitter. Uh, talking about, I don't know, just throwing shade at Rockstar, telling them they need the bends. Uh, if you're yeah. listening to this and like uh, CCGs, go buy a Keyforge deck. They're going to be sold out in Wang the Bruised. Yeah, Wang the Bruised. Go get yourself a Wang the Bruised. No, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but Keyforge is selling out all over the country, so do it uh pat did talk about this on a previous show i believe so yep. go through a backlog and find where pat talked about that yep yep and leave a review on all the episodes you listen to and said and just yep. say and in, one in star he didn't totally. talk about keyforge <laughs> yep no do them all five stars what is wrong with you no I mean, I mean you know as long as there's a review i don't care but uh you know five star is better than one star but you know be honest one star didn't talk about keyforge it's, it's okay uh okay thanks for listening uh we'll you'll hear from us next week and we'll hopefully see you next week goodbye everybody Bye.